Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for purpose-driven leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership to level up their business and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business and boardroom topics, trends, innovation, transformation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, we meet Jan Beckermans, country sales leader, Intersystems Benelux. He brings over 39 years of experience in IT infrastructure, IT security, and successfully selling complex solutions and data platforms. Jan also has other roles of Chief Technology Officer. But as of late, his non-profit initiative, number one patient, number one record for Belgium, has taken a lot of his effort to make sure that the patient is aided by digitally enabling access to all patients' data. Jan brings a new perspective. While all companies are gathering data like crazy, they often fail at processing and applying and using it, never reaching its full, fullest potential. So we'll hear about this and how he brings to life for companies unparalleled capability to interact, connect, and execute data transformations that create added value for all and more specific those in healthcare. Welcome, Jan. How are you this morning? Good. Thank you. Um, what a nice introduction you gave there. I I don't know what to say anymore. Well, that's not right, really <laughs> true, but it it's it summarizes quite well what what has happened. I've had a rich career, and in that career, I've 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 gone through a number of stages. You know how it goes. First, you study, then you get in first job. By the way, my first job was at Commodore Computer. That tells you a little bit how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> but um, advancing through through the years i i learned a lot at palo alto research center where i saw the birth of the mouse and the lisa which became the apple computer then i got involved with it security and on and on and on until today i work for intersystems where we place systems into hospitals that help patients and doctors get information to where it needs to get and all of that was was going really well up until three and a half years ago. Um, someone told me some unpleasant news. And the unpleasant news was that I had cancer. Right. I was diagnosed like so many other people with cancer. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy who goes and sits there and goes like, oh, so I said, I need to have a second opinion. I need to figure out how I can continue my life. I have an, I have an in the meanwhile, 11 year old at home. I don't want him to, to grow up without a dad. So let's find out what we can do. Hmm. And that's when it hit me. You know, here in Belgium, we are known as being the champions of collecting data, hmm. not just in hospitals, all over. But what do we do with that data? And that's that's where I hit a brick wall or a, a concrete wall, whatever you want to call it. It was a big wall that I hit because I was trying to get my information for a second opinion. And I had to physically drive to three hospitals and have them ask them to print it out on paper to give me files that I could use for a second opinion. Mm. 
you know, and then you start thinking, wait a minute, we are delivering systems to a hospital that allows the doctors to see all of this information. But when I, as a patient, needs to see it, mm. the system fails. Then I had discussions with government people and they said, well, you know, we have e-box, we have the hubs, it's all kinds of systems that allow you to, to consult data. Mm -hmm. When you look through them, they're all half-hearted uh, attempts. Let's put it that way. I'm, I'm trying to be nice to everybody. <laughs> but what, what it was, was it was a nightmare. And then I met someone from the Anti-Cancer Fund which is a, a, a national organization helping people with finding their way around cancer. Mm -hmm. And Katten, who is the, the, the director, told me, well, Jan, you at least got your file. I have here 10, 12 people a week that come by that can't get at their data. And amazingly enough, some of them don't get their data from the hospital because they hide behind GDPR. Mm -hmm which is the exact opposite of what it's there for. But that's when I said, we need to do something. And you know, this how, how often these things start is as a selfish thing. I started it because I needed it myself. Mm. But then I saw that other people needed it and it grew. And then I looked at what our company could do. And I saw that we could do a lot. But like it often is, we couldn't do it all. Mm. So I, I got the... The, the final inspiration for hashtag one patient, one record for Belgium mm -hmm. from we need to take this away from a company because if we're very honest, the technology is there. We can do today what is being required. Mm. It's not there that problem. Is. The problem lays in who owns the data. Well, actually, the patient should own the data because the patient is the data. Mm. You know, he, he the person itself is the data. If you're looking at... Uh, Medical data, where better to get it than from the person that is that data? Yeah. So, but he's not in control of it. That's wrong. Yeah. So that's that's when I said, and 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 the the hashtag is actually wrong. But uh, if I wanted to make it what it actually should read, it would have been so long that it wouldn't fit on any screen because it should be reading something like this: um, one patient access to all of his data wherever it resides whenever it is needed by the patient mm. <laughs> i just managed to get that one <laughs> but you, you can see where that doesn't fit so what i've made out of it is one patient one record for belgium why for belgium because i i am responsible for belgium so i can talk for, for what's happening here but mm. the interesting thing about that was that soon i got calls from luxembourg from holland from germany from france even from the UK, where people said, hey, we have similar problems. And so the movement is starting to grow because what I want to reach with it is that we are actually going to sit together with the hospitals, with the government, with the IT vendors, with the patients, with all those groups that are actually all having a part of the puzzle. Mm. And we're going to find what is the real solution to it. Yeah. Because the real solution is something that is needed everywhere. One yeah. of the stories I got was from someone who said, well, I work across the border. And if I get a, into an accident where I'm working, there is none of my data that's available. Yeah. Uh, uh, Belgium being a complex country as it is, I have one of my colleagues at work who lives in Brussels. 
And if he goes into one of the six hospitals in Brussels, he can get treated properly and he can have his file transferred from one to the other and information being available across those hospitals. But when he steps into Flanders or into the Walloon region, yeah, it stops already. So yeah. we needed to, to, to act upon this. And this is an appeal and, an, and, and a real uh, honest uh, plea for let us forget about who we are as companies. It's not about us. It's about the patient. It's yeah. about how do we get this information, which is so necessarily to the people. Let me tell you another funny story. And that's about the yellow lunchbox. You know, yeah. I call this the uh, this, the biggest scandal in, in, in our uh, digital history of healthcare. Mm -hmm. Basically, what it is is, and and by the way, don't take that wrongly, but it's it's what it is because what it is is it's a yellow uh, lunchbox, you know, where we put normally our our little piece of bread in there and take it home or take to work. Well, this is an exactly that kind of box, but with a uh, notepad in it and a, a piece of paper that has. Uh, blood uh, group uh, has uh, all kinds of um, what I would call essential information about the patient in it. Mm -hmm. This one goes into your fridge and a sticker goes on the inside of your door. Mm -hmm. It's the opposite of what we want. It's the most analog kind of system that actually is being put in place. Over 100,000 people in Belgium are having one of these in their fridge because it saves their life. Take this. If you're onto an extreme blood thinner, yeah. Because of the fact that you have some clogging issues. Yeah. Well, typically that should be into your EPD file, into your EMR file, your file that is at the, at the hospital. But if the doctor has just started, your, your GP has just started this treatment, it might not have seminated into the system. And so if they, they all of a sudden have to take you by ambulance to the hospital and they start, I'll put it wrongly, cut you up because they have to operate on you, well, if you're on an extreme blood thinner, that can be, a, let's put it uh, mildly, be challenging. Yeah. yeah. So in, in why do we need to have something that is that analog in an environment that is so data collective as it is here? So what we've said is we'll, we'll make the digital version of the yellow uh, lunchbox because a 94-year-old woman told me that she was with her husband at the bingo evening which yeah. was a couple of miles away from where she lives. And luckily she was with her husband because when he did a coronary, she could tell them what was in the yellow box, which right. was at her home. So right. it's, it's, it's about all of that. This is the first initiative that we did and that actually works. So yeah. we, we've digitalized that part. Now, next step is I want to work with all the actors in the market. And mm -hmm. I, I appeal to my competitors as well as to everybody else. Let us make the system much better. There are a number of uh, government initiatives, but you know they're always very long mm. and not always very focused. Um, we have something that's called the Belgian Integrated Healthcare Record mm. that is being kicked off at the moment. I think it's a marvelous initiative, mm. but I think it's not enough. We have the European proposal for data exchange, which is really nice. But again, it's going to take, what, five to 10 years to, to do that because in the EU, typically 27 countries have to agree. Yeah. That okay. well, yeah. So 
all of these things need some extra help. And that's what one, hashtag one patient, one record for Belgium is all about. Yeah. So it's 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 really interesting to hear. And thank you very much for that uh, that comprehensive overview of it, because it really touched on quite a few things that I wanted to 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 cover as well. So you're creating and you've already started creating this data ecosystem specifically from a health and patients perspective, data mm -hmm. perspective. And uh, I, I like I like the uh, the movement that you've uh, that you've started and all the discussions that you've uh, you've started because I, I I definitely see that as a big big issue. So when when you look at um, patients or hospitals or healthcare actors like you were just you know you know just describing, if you were to actually bring this solution in front of or this problem in front of, um, you know, businesses or individuals or, or so forth, how would that conversation sound like very, very briefly? Um, it's, it's, it's very simple. I would start with each of those actors are, are slightly different. With a patient, mm -hmm. my first question was, can you access your data? I actually did a, um, a survey on this. Mm -hmm. And what I found out was that 50% didn't even know where there was data kept from them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I specifically chose my words because it's double, you know, where it was kept from them. Yeah. It's not where it is kept only, but it's also kept from them. Mm -hmm. Because when I started my search, what I found out was that a lot of places had information about me, but which I was not aware of. Yeah. You know, my 80-year-old mom told me, don't forget to go to that hospital because you were there twice. Yeah. So in essence, I basically, have you have the... From a patient perspective, you have a single source of data related to that particular patient, and that's one problem that you're trying to, to solve. And the next, the next would be the IT companies. Yeah. And there, I take the example of what is happening in uh, countries like Denmark, mm -hmm. where SSI, which is an, an institute yeah. there, uh, actually uh, is able to pull information in in this case about COVID uh, together for and patients and doctors and laboratories, and hospitals, and government, mm, mm. seamlessly, because they have been thinking about how to do that for years. Here, mm. what we saw when COVID uh, started was a complete uh, disarray, because some had to work with Excel sheets, other had programs, and, and, and you know, we had to figure out our way. So where it, in, in Denmark it took a couple of days mm. to organize, yeah, they had to just size up the scale of the system that they had. We yeah. had to completely figure out how to do it. Yeah. So my appeal here is, let us not repeat the the mistakes from the past. Let's yeah. find out first of all, and 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 I think that is the key to this, and that's what I typically say to these companies. You know, when I was in school, I'm I'm an I, I I'm an IT programmer from uh, education. So uh, what, what, I, what I was taught was actually something that was in big above the board. And that said, garbage in is garbage out. And I think that's where we need to start. We need to start with the data that is in the systems. Mm -hmm. um, to give you an, an example there, when I, when I was uh, diagnosed, I was uh, going to be operated upon. The anesthesiologist basically had no uh, recollection, uh, didn't find in my file that I had a nut allergy and they were going to give me something after the operation 
that would help me with the pain that actually had some derivative of, of nuts in it, which would have been successfully operated and killed in the aftermath. Yeah. So I'm curious, uh, you know, we're talking about data, we're talking about different actors here in the ecosystem. Yes. What, in your view, is the biggest challenge to realizing your vision of this new ecosystem? People are not going to like me for saying this. It's political courage. Mm -hmm. Because as I said, we have the capability of doing it technically. Okay. We have the minds who can do it. And I'm not talking us as a company, but us as, as a society. We can do this. Okay. What is needed is that someone thinks for, and, and this is you, uh, using a quote from someone else, so it's not even mine. Using the political courage to think past the next elections. Mm. Because so, a lot of these initiatives have, have that as an issue. Yeah, yeah, no, no, understood, understood. So, you know, you've you've been very, uh, yeah, and you've been very successful in terms of actually moving through different, um, you know, milestones and, you know, towards your big vision here. What's, what's one thing that's your secret formula to your success towards actually taking this through the journey you, 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 you can start with saying pig-headed stubborn etc etc because i think that is you you need to be driven by this you need to have the heart for it it's you know if you do this for money or if you do this for the glory it's not going to work you need to do this with the passion of you want to do something yeah. and and one well where it started selfishly yeah. because it started because i wanted to have better demand and control over what was me yeah uh, i needed my data so that was where it started but then i realized this is much bigger than myself this has nothing to do with a company this has all to do with the well-being of all of our people yeah. you know and yeah. and you you can think of that as altruistic that's not what it is it's 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 identifying a yeah. need and and this is how i built uh the the movement as well First part of it was I have interviewed a number of people like we are now having an interview. I've interviewed a number of patients. I've interviewed a number of doctors because I wanted to understand what was wrong. Mm. Once you know what is wrong, you can start suggesting how you move to solutions. Yeah, and That's when you find where is the brick walls, where are the easy wins like the yellow uh, lunchbox that I was talking about. Where are the, the hard hard stops where are things that we can't do because you know you need to first know what is impossible yeah because if yeah. you spend all your time there you're going to see the entire thing wither because if, if there is no solution there is no solution in yes. this case there is clearly a solution and that drove me i went to management and i said i want to spend some of my time on this and i got the agreement from them that i can do this i'm yeah. eternally thankful for that but on the other hand, it's it's something that look look at look at it this way. I started this on LinkedIn because on LinkedIn I'm well known. Mm. Uh, that was for me the easy way. Then uh, we we moved it to Twitter, and in less than three months we got several ten thousands of followers. Yeah, yeah. Why? Because people see it's something that that speaks to them. Exactly, exactly. And, and and that's that's your pivotal moment, right? Because when you've got the 
acceptance of people who recognize that there is an issue, then you have, as you called it, a movement to yeah. build this ecosystem of changing something. So, I mean, I, I view this as truly visionary, um, or at least you're bringing to life something that's been hidden yeah. and you're bringing it to life. So, um, you know, bringing that connection between different parties, but also, you know, aiming to address a a, a problem that's in in, in people's faces <laughs> yeah. so um definitely de definitely uh definitely noble definitely visionary and it's great work that you're doing and you are you are definitely from what i've heard you're definitely moving through a number of challenges but you've got a number of people that are following your vision so which is a uh or at least aligned with your visions which is a, which is a great thing and and um and that's very good um you know we're, we're coming to a close very shortly but are there any closing messages or a challenge to any of the actors or leaders that you want to share with here well as i already said i, I would want to sit together with all of the actors in this market i i don't want to exclude anybody so my appeal is let us work on this all together mm -hmm. it is much bigger than me it's much bigger than uh, the company i work for it's much bigger than any company or even any uh, ego in the government or whatever it is what it is we need to work on this all together it's only going to work if all the noses are in the right direction you know it's it's an expression that doesn't translate too well i know that but uh, you know what i mean it's if we all are looking at the same thing and wanting the same thing, we can get this done. Technology is there. Yeah. The people are there. The only thing we need is one common way of solving this. And is there only one solution? No, there might be 10 or 15. But one of the things that, and this is my last comment on this, when I, when I met a, a company called Health House a while ago, they had actually they they were commissioned by a, by a government body to find out what a hospital would look like in 30 years and that what they had there made me believe that we can do what i'm trying to do uh, because what they had was that the walls of a hospital disappear people are getting better because they're in their trusted environment with the trusted people around them uh, if we want to reach that goal we need to start today doing what hashtag one patient, one record for Belgium is about, but then leave out the Belgian part. And let's talk about for all, because yeah. that is the end goal. Excellent. Jan, um, you, you, wonderful journey that you've got there, wonderful vision that you've got there. I'm fully on board with it. And um, really appreciate you for being on this uh, show today and for sharing all of that with us and with the rest of the audience. Thank you very much. Thank you for giving me the audience. Wonderful. Okay, folks, thank you very much for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode on a new business transformation approach and continue to stay on to hear about an exclusive offer for you. Thank you. Hey, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You're now seeing this part of the video also because you consume some of my content, insights and teachings. Maybe you've been to my LinkedIn page or website or seen other social media ads or listened to my podcast. I'm Stephen Paul, a business and transformational executive coach, strategic advisor, leader and board member. 
I've been in diverse roles, corporate executive, entrepreneur, and worked with businesses and firms of all sizes, built and launched businesses, created high impact boards and so forth in four continents. I get it. I've been there, done that. But what is different is I bring a unique perspective and a playbook. I've helped 100 plus business leaders just like you to scale and align their leadership top teams, the board and overall business for growth. Leaders like Ivana from medium-sized company in the EU who grew 150% and expanded globally in under five months. After she started to work with me over facilitated sessions in an initial three days, I helped fine-tune their strategy and align their leadership team and board to be a cohesive driving force to achieve their dreams and outcomes. I want to teach you the same thing and more on how to scale and align your leadership team and board so you can increase your business growth and value. Get clarity on what is the next right strategy for you. There are multiple ways we can work with you. Number one, click the link for a free non-obligatory 60-minute initial strategic session. Let's get a feel for your dreams, your vision, your challenges, and let me convert that into a route map for you where we can co-develop and co-pilot. Number two, enroll in an innovative and intuitive digital online course that I have curated, created to help you transform. It's called Unshakable Resilience. It is the ultimate program for individuals and business leaders like you who want to be equipped at a personal and professional level to respond to any form of challenges or in crisis situations and take on opportunities with grit, resilience, and build a mindset of success. In essence, you want to be unshakable, thrive in crisis, take on opportunities in the face of adversity, and build a success mindset. So, click the link below to learn more on how I can personally help you individually and your firm to scale and align your leadership team and business and pivot in a transformational way. And for you to experience this, whatever the challenge you're facing, get in touch with me. Let's discuss and I will share my insight rapidly to enable your transformation. Click the links below.